Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Well, hi, my friends. I hope everybody's doing great. Uh, I want to start by saying I'm going to start dropping my podcasts every two weeks, um, not because I don't have the content, but because I have some exciting things in the works. And those exciting things are taking an enormous amount of my time. So I'll share just a little bit that I am very, very thrilled after five years of having something kind of on the shelf and trying to bring it out and dust it off and uh, make it something new and great. I started in 2018 writing a caregiver support tool. And the idea was that I wanted to have this be like a uh, uh, an educational game kind of thing that I could release to the general public no matter where you are, you know, maybe have it be on like a, oh, I don't know, like an app store or something like that. I don't know if it'll be that good or that involved. But um, I'm working on that, and uh, I found a guy that could help me do this. And I'm super thrilled about it because it's going to be an avatar kind of support tool, caregiver support tool. And as I've been letting a few people try it out and see what they think and is it educational and will it work, I've gotten some interesting responses. And I would love to get feedback from all of you, my listeners, in if you think I'm going down the right path. But I, I tested it with an 80-year-old man whose wife had Alzheimer's and Lewy body dementia. And he came from a real small town in a wide open space uh, state, Montana. And then I had a young millennial try it out and tell me if, if she thought it was good. She has a relative that has Alzheimer's. And uh, got two varying responses, which was really crazy. So I'll share that with you. So the the older gentleman that tried it out, he thought that I needed to explain at the beginning of the tool um, a little bit more about why I'm talking about the brain and how the brain functions and all of that. Because his thought was, why do I need to know about the brain? Well, I'm going to tell you all, the reason I did that is because you can walk through this journey and just react to everything that happens down the line. But what I've learned from my caregiver nation is that's not what you want. You want somebody to guide you. You want somebody to tell you. You need the expertise. You want the expertise. How do I, how do, I do that? Everybody has 
different symptoms that they're dealing with. But when people call me and ask me for help, when they tell me what the person is doing, I can directly relate it to the lobe in the brain that is malfunctioning and having impairment. So I can't necessarily just say, okay, they're having frontal lobe problems, and that means that you're going to have trouble with judgment and reasoning. And what does that mean? What does judgment and reasoning entail? It entails them not making good decisions, not balancing their checkbook, driving erratically in traffic, doing things that we consider errant or irresponsible and not using good character and and decision-making to get those things done. The problem with doing that in an avatar game, it's not a game. I don't really want to call it a game. It's a tool, support tool. The scenario is that I'm sitting in a room and I'm talking to a husband and wife. Now, granted, there are many of you out there that are taking care of brothers and sisters and aunts and neighbors and friends and whatever it is, right? But I only have three people and I have to give them some role and it becomes too innocuous for me to try to just say they or the person with the diagnosis or the person you love or the loved one or whatever. So I just gave them a husband and wife team and you just have to play the support tool based on that and put yourself in that role. It could be just the person that you are sitting with and talking to. So when I'm doing that, I'm making it a conversation. It's like writing a screenplay. And that's not easy. It is really not easy to say, you know, I'm talking to you about this or I'm talking to you about that. So what I did was I put real scenarios saying, you know, hey, I get so upset because um, last week we had family over and my daughter and her husband and our grandkids came over and they were having dinner and we celebrated my birthday. And my husband wouldn't sit at the table. He got very upset with all the talk that was going on and all the chatter. And he got up and walked out of the room and my daughter was really upset. Why did he do that? We, we were just devastated that he didn't seem to care. And he didn't even stay for my birthday candle, my cake, or any of my presents. And on top of all that, he didn't even get me a present. Not that I expected him to. He has, has you know, late, mid-stage Alzheimer's. But... I'm using, I'm just throwing out a scenario. I'm using things like that where then I, as the, the consultant, would say, I understand how that could be really upsetting emotionally because you think he's showing you a ton of apathy. But the truth is you were probably all talking at the same time. Everyone was trying to converse. We think that that our happy times are around people laughing and carrying on in a group session and at a birthday or party or holiday celebration. And for a person with Alzheimer's, that is not their comfort level. They can't have everybody talking all at one time. So when I'm giving examples in the support tool, what I'm trying to say is 
you have to all talk at one time. And if you ask the person with the diagnosis a question, you have to give them a chance to answer. And if you're all talking about current events and what happened during your day and what did you do for your birthday and all of that, that means nothing to them because they don't live in that time frame. And they can talk about memory lane all day long, but to try and talk about a subject that is current is not quite as easy. So the person may get up and walk out of the room showing extreme apathy because they can't follow the conversation and everybody's talking all at once. Now, if I just talk about things like that and I don't have the conversing, when you're playing a game or using a support tool that you can visualize, that's not fun. So what I'm trying to do is make real scenarios where I'm talking to people and I'm getting feedback from them. And as many of you can relate, there's a place for the person with the diagnosis to talk and they rebut everything. We haven't even celebrated your birthday yet. What are you talking about? And you invited those people over and they stole things out of my room. They took money and they took my ring and they did this and that. And I don't, I'm not comfortable when they come over. And the care partner would say something to, to the degree of, the, that was our family. That's when we celebrated my birthday. My birthday was a month ago or whatever it is. So I have the, the caregiver's point of view. I have the person with the diagnosis point of view. And I think that that is more engaging and it's more interesting. And even when I had the person who was 80 and the person who was 30 go through the scenarios of the tool, they thought I nailed it. They, the 30-year-old said, I feel like you were in my house. I totally feel like you understand those problems that I have. The 80-year-old, God bless him, he was much more, you need to say it, say it again, and spell it out. What you're going to teach me, why I'm here, um, why do I need to know about the brain, really hammer that home of, of that. And even when I had asked my character, my caregiver character, the avatar, to tell me some of the things that they wanted to talk about throughout the tool and set it that way, I'll try to address them as we move through the tool, that wasn't good enough for him. He thought that when they said, my person has repetitive questions, they won't shower, um, they miss appointments, they argue with me all the time, I can't seem to say anything right. He thought in the next scene, I should address all those problems. And I can't. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to put everything into one scene. First of all, I don't have that much room on the back end of the tool. This is a computer online care support tool. And uh, it's, it's literally like writing a screenplay, but you have to connect everything. So I say something to the care partner. I have to direct the computer to go to that avatar.
And then that avatar says something to me, and I have to direct it to the next person, or the next person just speaks, and then it comes back to me, and I'm trying to say, I see both of your points of view. This is what is happening. So I'm really trying to be super thoughtful about how this gamification caregiver support tool will work. I would love, love, love feedback from any of you if you want to write to me at jill at summitresiliencetraining.com. You can find that on the podcast. I have my website listed on the podcast. Uh, You can just leave me a message at Summit Resilience Training. You can go on my website and read my information in my Knowledge Center or go back to any of the podcasts that I've created and do a little ditty in the search bar to look for certain topics that you want. I have ways for you to go back and do searches on difficult behaviors or how to talk to a doctor and things like that out the yin-yang. So you can go on there and uh, reach all those things there. Well, that's pretty cool stuff. I'm going to listen to a word from my sponsor, and I'll be right back. Carillon at Bellevue Station is a residential community enriching the senior living experience. Our community, full of grandeur and elegance, is located near Cherry Hills, Colorado. We offer independent living and personalized assisted living services and an intimate, caring neighborhood for our residents with Alzheimer's and other dementias. A beautifully appointed spacious apartment, chef-prepared meals, transportation services, and a team devoted to your safety and wellness are what awaits you when you reside at Carillon at Bellevue Station. Call 720-440-8200 or visit carillon at bellevuestation.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so I'm talking about the projects I'm working on, and I just spent the first part of the show talking about the caregiver support online avatar tool that I'm making. I'm hoping to have my first prototype on Friday. I'm hoping by maybe March or April 10th. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. And I'm going to need a focus group to look at it If you are interested, you can email me again at jill at summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, resilience, R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-C-E, training.com. And I will plug in those spots for people that will try the game out. Um, I'm looking for about 20 to 25 people to give it a try. I have four scenes. The scenes are going to be the first two because I only have a certain amount of information I can put in them. The first two are going to be how the brain functions and when you have impairment, what you will see uh, as my I'm talking to my avatar family. And then the second and third ones will be helping you with activities of daily living and managing your own emotions. So I think it'll be good. 
I really hope people like it. It will be launched on my website when I'm all done, and I will obviously have a launch date and see how that goes, but uh, super excited about that. Now, uh, I am working on two other projects. One is not my own, but it is a research project with Dr. Carrie Levy at the University of Colorado Hospital. She's the head of geriatrics, and we're looking at people with Parkinson's who are veterans. And uh, that whole piece is already done. My piece of it will be getting it out to all of you, my listeners, and seeing what you think about what the pro- how they do the program with the people who are Parkinson's disease and they have been a veteran. So I'll give more information on that when that comes out. And then my own project is uh, I am taking some of the work that I do and asking the University of Colorado Hospital Neurology Department if they will replicate my work, essentially. And so over the last... Well, since October 26th, when I made my big presentation to them, I have had the chief of staff say she would like to see if this could work. And she gave me a wonderful research assistant. And the doctor is Dr. Samantha Holden. She's been on my show many times. I'm so excited to work with her. And she gave me a research assistant who is Dr. Morgan Farley. And Morgan is a fellow, meaning that she went to medical school and is continuing on and continuing on to get a specialty and um, more education down the line. So I'm working with Morgan, and I also have a statistician now. I have been looking for donors to help me pull this off because doing research is super, super duper expensive. And I have, uh, again, I'm building a focus group that will help me once this is all done. And I'm working on finding the people who will replicate my work. I have picked out three different people. One is an executive director of a fantastic memory care Another is a, an ombudsman through the state of Colorado, Colorado Department of Public Health. And the other one uh, works at Adult Protective Services. And I've worked with this particular person many, many times. And I uh, am working with them to, to see if they would be interested in replicating what I do, my work out in the community and with families, and uh, then putting all that information into a computer system at the University of Colorado Hospital so we can streamline the information once we get it into a computer system. Where my big snag has come is it's not going to do me any good to replicate my work and have it be the first of its kind in the country and maybe even the world if we can't pay for it. So I am working diligently to find a Medicaid and Medicare code so that when you go to the doctor, if I'm able to take this across the country and hopefully maybe even someday around the world, then we have to be able to have you walk into the office and get it paid for. And I will tell you, 
trying to get a code through Medicare is like trying to climb Mount Everest. Boy, oh boy, is it strenuous and difficult and involved. And trying to look for codes that might work, uh, what that means essentially is that there are processes and usually they are kind of digital IT geeky people that, no offense to all of you, we need you, but they are the ones that create um, the mind mapping of a computer system to have one digit talk to another digit to talk to another digit. And you put all these in here, and then the computer system figures out what you're trying to tell them, and they send a bill to Medicare and Medicaid to say, you need to pay for this person participating in this process. It isn't just as simple as flipping a switch. People have to do a lot of work on the IT side, and you have to write letters, especially if you're trying to ask for a code for something that has never existed before. So to give you an example, way back in 1966, when they were attempting to get social workers into hospitals, they had to come up with a code for it, and they had to create something for it because these were non-medical people coming into a hospital system and doing non-medical work. And at the time, everybody thought they were nuts. Why in the world would you bring somebody in that's not a doctor or a nurse unless they're going to clean rooms or be in housekeeping? And so that was a huge undertaking way back in the mid-60s. And I'm trying to come up with something very similar, uh, but it has never been done before. So there's no information on it. There's no documentation on it. There's nothing to attach it to. And so we have to create a new code. Well, the good news for me is I bugged enough people that I finally got the director of finance for the neurology department and their coding guru at CU Anschutz. She's a wonderful person named Jessica Johnson who lives in Oklahoma City. And we're going to work with them to either come up with our own code or use some that we can tweak and utilize just for research processes and then try to get it passed once we get the research done. So doing research for something like this involves writing a research design, meaning you have to speak in doctor speak and um, institutional research bureau language that's out of Florida and explain to them what you're doing and why you want to do it. And then uh, you have to write what your aims are. You have to say if anybody's done anything like it. You have to prove uh, why you want to do this and why you think it's going to be effective. And is there anything in the world that you can relate it to so they could understand it better? So the reason I'm doing this, people, is so that we can... I want to change healthcare. I want to change the way doctors are working with patients. I want to change the way we provide a supportive team around the person with the diagnosis and their family. It's time. 
Oh my gosh, is it time? We've been doing things the same way for decades. And all I have to say to that is, how's that working for you? When was the last time you went to a doctor and felt like you got what you needed out of that conversation? They just talked to you about what your diagnosis was and you left and you were kind of on your own to figure it out. And I'm speaking specifically of dementia diseases because for the most part, doctors didn't have it in their tool house to be able to help you live with the diagnosis. Their job is to diagnose. It's not in their toolbox to help you live with it. That's what I do. So I'm trying to make a protocol and a plan where we have a team of people helping you deal with all the problems. And if we can teach you to act and not react, I think we've done well. Now, my supportive tool I told you about in the beginning, my idea for that is we replicate me and and a person like me would go out and visit you and talk to you and help you and find out where you're where you're at in your mindset and where you're, how things are in your home, what's the safety protocol, um, are they looking at the person's balance and all that kind of stuff, how are you communicating, and then we take it a step further and they give you my support tool to work on for the next couple of weeks or months or something like that until they can check back with you at the quarter and then they'll check back with you at six months and then at one year you come in for an office visit and we'll ask you again, how's that working for you? And my hope is that you say a whole lot better. Wow, I've had people that were guiding me through this process that are helping me understand why my husband has psychosis, uh, why my wife is thinking I'm stealing from her, why she doesn't recognize me or why are they losing their language and how do I take the car keys away? All that kind of stuff. So my friends, I want to change the world. I want to make life better for all of you. So if you want to be a part of that, email me one more time, jill at summitresiliencetraining.com if you want to be part of my focus group for my tool and my research. And I hope that one year from now, I am celebrating that we put the first replication of me in place at the local community hospital And I spend the next two years going all over the country talking to general practitioners and neurologists about how we need to change from the focus of utilizing a social worker and maybe replacing that person with a person who understands the dementia process. All right. I love you all. I'll see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.